Welcome to Diving Board, a show about artists, the art they create, and the wide range of social and cultural issues they explore. I'm Bill Valerio, and I run the Woodmere Art Museum, where we tell the stories of Philadelphia's art and artists. On today's show, we're in Woodmere's Cook and Del Bueno Galleries, where we're diving into the work of the late Philadelphia artist Edith Neff. Edith Neff did not set out to be political, but her observational practice as a realist painter records moments of change in Philadelphia life that have to do with all kinds of subjects, including economics, including education, including gender relationships, including gay subjects, and including race. And we're going to hear Neff in her own voice talking about her work. This recording comes from a 1988 radio interview that ran on an AM station called Talk 900, as you'll hear from the broadcast quality. I think it's hard to talk about how you see. Uh, you know or I know that I'm attracted to certain kinds of subject matter, and um, that's why you paint them. You're interested enough or involved with them enough to want to make a painting. Um, the detail is something I enjoy. Neff died tragically young at the age of 52 in 1995, just as her career was taking off on an upward trajectory and her work was being widely exhibited and collected. Her work fits into the context of the new realism in American art of the 1960s and 70s, and she described her paintings as representational and realistic. Well, it's representational. Uh, a lot of my paintings are large, and they're of figures in a landscape, usually groups of figures. Um, I like them to look real, so I get involved in the textures of things as well, the, the kind of quality of grass or trees or fabrics, the clothes that the figures are wearing. And um, I like to create what I call a real space or an actual space in the painting, and so the landscapes are as important as the figures are. Um, I also get involved with the kinds of specific light. So I like to get a sense, say, of the kind of light at a time of year or a time of day in the paintings. And one of the reasons they're so large is that I like the viewer to be able to be included in the space of the painting. Uh, I like the viewer to feel almost as if they can enter that space and that I can, in a large painting, make the figures um, approaching life-size, not quite life-size, but fairly large. And I also do pastels, which are more straightforward landscapes. They're landscapes of buildings or of parks, and um, sometimes a figurative subjects that I wouldn't make a painting of because it's not involved enough for me. Neff was a master of addressing the viewer straight on, and this comes across in the retrospective of her work that we've put together here at Woodmere. We're calling the show Our Town and have organized a wide range of events around the exhibition, including a community night lecture and conversation hosted by Woodmere together with Mount Airy Learning Tree, which is a community education nonprofit organization founded to enrich the diverse neighborhoods of Northwest Philadelphia. 
One of the organization's longtime instructors, Ebony DeBrest, will facilitate the community conversation. And she's joining me right now in the gallery, along with Nima Kaliwad, who is the program director for Mount Airy Learning Tree, or MALT, as the organization is commonly known. Welcome to you both. Thank you. We're so excited to be here. Thank you, Bill. So our two organizations are coming together here at the museum to hold a community night on October 17th, and we're going to talk about a wide range of issues that Neff touched on in her work, such as how she portrayed family, community, and diverse scenes throughout Philadelphia on the streets from the 1960s to 1995. Interestingly, Malt's history coincides with this time frame. Ebony, can you tell us how you got involved with Malt and what your role has been? So in 2007, I came into the Malt office to see if I can advertise for a community event. And I really didn't have a good grasp of all that was involved in the catalog. I thought it was just a series of classes and I can put in my blurb about the upcoming event as I was leaving out, I walked back in on a whim and just mentioned, hey, by the way, I teach swimming. I left my phone number, and I really didn't think much of it. Shortly after that, I got a phone call saying that the current instructor they had had to switch his schedule for Sundays, I believe. And back in 2007, I started with one Learn to Swim adult class on Sunday mornings. Since then, it's just taken off, and... I feel like everywhere I go, I run into my students. It is the most fulfilling and just enjoyable thing that I've done to see people overcome their fears, to almost become a part of people's families, to create lifelong friendships, and all of this while being you know, in the pool, which is like my favorite place in the world, so. <laughs> I enjoy it greatly. I can't speak enough good things about it. And I'm just excited to be a part of whatever Mald is doing because I know that in some way, shape, or form, it's going to come back to helping the community. Well, I'm really thrilled to hear that you're a swim instructor because it's actually one of the things that I love doing too. When I was a summer camp counselor, I was also the swim class captain of the camp. And I really enjoyed that. I would take the kids who could not swim, and I really enjoyed being able to, you know, at least get them to a point of comfort in the water. So it's actually a very satisfying kind of teaching, I think, teaching swimming. And so far as we share a background in swim instructor life, <laughs> Ebony, it's very exciting to be standing here with you in the gallery in front of a painting by Edith Neff that to me really is one of her star paintings and one of the star paintings in Woodmere's own collection. It's a painting that people stop to see and immerse themselves in as they try to figure it out. It's called Swimming Pool at Hunting Park. It dates from 1975 and it depicts the life of the pool on a gorgeous summer day. It's a large painting with figures that are almost life-size. These are the figures of children, and there are black children, white children, younger children, older children, 
kids in the pool, kids getting out of the pool, kids walking along the side of the pool, water splashing on the cement, and a big red ball at the lower right front of the painting. It's a work of art that stops people in their tracks when they see it. Those of us who work at the museum, you know, we keep an eye out on, you know, where people stop and what gathers people's attention. And this is one of those pictures. And I can't help but feel that Neff here puts her finger on something fascinating. I'd love to ask what you see and what you think when you look at this picture. So as I'm standing here observing this picture, it is an excellent representation of what childhood innocence looks like. I feel like children are not aware of racial issues and just want to have fun with other children. It also encompasses what we do with our malt classes, where on any Saturday when you come in to picket pool and observe our swimming lessons, you'll see a similar scene where there are children coming from all racial backgrounds, all economic backgrounds. In my adult learn to swim classes, you'll see people who are in their teenage years, and you'll see someone who might be in their 70s who's trying to cross this off their bucket list because they just want to accomplish it before they go back on vacation. There are people trying to get their Eagle Scout badge or reach another level. So this picture really speaks to me because I can relate to what's going on. This was a scene from my childhood where the pool was a place where everybody would like to go and enjoy themselves, find relief from the hot day, and it didn't matter who else was there. So this is 1975. If we went to the Hunting Park pool today, and the pool still exists, that pavilion with the green roof still exists, would the pool be as integrated today as it was in 1975? Definitely no. It wouldn't be. It, it almost feels as though this is gone in reverse. Unfortunately, a lot of the pools that are in the inner city are now predominantly black, not kept up as well as the other pools that you'll find in the suburban areas. So you would see the opposite. You said something that was really interesting about the innocence of childhood and childhood play. And I think one of the interesting things about Neff's work is that you have to puzzle out the emotions, innocence, maturity, let's say, or understanding of the various characters in many of her paintings. And I think this one is no exception. So when I say puzzle out, your statement you know, made me look again. So say, for example, the frontmost little boy who's coming out of the pool, he's smiling and having a great time. And I would say he's playing and immersed in that innocence of childhood. However, you know, let's look at the figure who, you know, I interpret to be a teenage girl who is black. And she locks eyes with the viewer. If you look carefully, look at her feet. She's kind of rubbing her toes against her heel. She's got her hand on the bench. She's turned out and she's looking at the viewer. So maybe the artist was standing there on the edge of the pool and she said, uh, 
you know, she's kind of looking quizzically, like, who are you taking a photograph of? Or are you looking at me? And so, you know, I wonder if there is that level of, you know, maybe not loss of innocence, but an older child is questioning, you know, who is it that's looking at me? And then there's certainly, you know, the inexplicable facial expressions throughout the painting. So, you know, one child is spitting out water. I mean, that's a normal thing that happens at pools. Another kid, you know, their mouth is wide open. Maybe they've swallowed water, or maybe they're sticking their tongue out. We don't know. The largest character, the central character of the girl who's walking away from us, her mouth is wide open. She's clearly addressing somebody in the pool, but it's hard to know what she's saying. And I think that kind of hard to know is part of what makes the picture so intriguing. Do you sort of engage with the figures in that way? Or, or what do you see in these figures? So when I look at the three young men that are closest to the front on the right side as well, it almost can be portrayed as the same person going through different stages. So the youngest child is like you said, just immersed in fun and not thinking about anything except for staying wet, having a good time. And then you see the child who's in between the age of let's say this four-year-old and possibly a teenager behind him, who may have been also trying to enjoy, but possibly taken on more of a protective role for his younger sibling. The last figure, his face is covered. So we don't necessarily know what he was hiding his face from, why he was hiding his face. He could have water in his eyes or... It could be just a representation of the stages that people go through, especially boys of color, as they get older. So the fun stops at some point, and that's how I look at the three stages in this picture. As for the young lady who's sitting on the bench, as you said, she's kind of hunched over. Her toes are touching the heel of her other foot. It's kind of like a, a timid, I want to have fun, I want to enjoy, but I don't quite know how to go about doing it. Are you watching me? Are you paying attention to me? And that also speaks to the responsibility that she maybe had to take on and couldn't enjoy the way the other children were. The more you look at the painting, the more you can interpret the different figures that she has. I agree that the figure sitting on the bench is a key figure in reading the painting. And again, puzzling out her emotions are important to an overall read of the picture. And I agree that she has a maturity and a presence of mind that is different from the three figures in the front who you describe as a succession of ages. And that was something that is common in Edith Neff's paintings. And so to read these three figures symbolically, to say, you know, they're not just three boys that Neff happened to see at the pool, and we know and we can actually see these three boys in her photographs over there, they're not only something she observed, they're something that take on a metaphorical meaning. I find it to be a joyous painting, but one that really puts its fingers on something special, and I would say positive, about Philadelphia with regard to a city of people coming from a great diversity of backgrounds and places. Nima, are there any particular characters in the painting who speak to you? 
as you said before, this painting is very striking. I was immediately drawn to all the different hues of blue and green in this painting and it, you know, it draws you in because it is playful and there's a lot of motion in the picture. So a little um, something about me, I came to United States in 96. So my thoughts on this painting, you know, as visually striking as it is, I am drawn to the young girl who's sitting on the bench. And the reason being, I sort of look at her and see a part of me in this picture because I'm from India originally. And when I was growing up in India, pools were not a big part of our uh, social culture. There were some who had access to pools, but not everybody. And when I came to America and I went to school, I went to Rutgers, and there were you know, many options for me to go take a swimming class and go swim in the pool. As enticing as it was, it was also very scary because I didn't feel like I belonged. I would often sit on the sidelines and I wanted to get in, but I didn't know if I would do it the right way or, you know, if people would look at me and, you know, I would look like a misfit. And there was always that sense of anxiety, but also, you know, mixed with a little bit of excitement. If I did it, you know, how would it feel? And I see that in her eyes. And I love the way her toes are curled because I feel like that is such a wonderful way of expressing, you know, anxiety. And you're, she's just like waiting for someone to maybe say, it's okay, you can come in the pool with me and, you know, we will enjoy the water together. I love this painting also for another reason, because as you and Ebony were talking about how there are kids of different ages and black and white kids playing in the water, there are adults, we at the learning tree sort of see this as a metaphor for our classes that we host every term because each of our class is like a little community pool because we have kids and adults who often join and they are from different kinds of socioeconomic backgrounds and they come with different expectations but they're all there with a single goal of having a good time or learning something. That is sort of my take on this painting. I think what you've just said is very interesting that the pool is really a metaphor for society at large. An important part of the painting is the fence. They are joined together in this space and it's about what happens when people come together in an enjoyable way but in an organized social way. It seems like it's a little bit of a controlled environment where once they leave the pool, then they're back to, you know, where they came from. But when they're here, it's the water and everybody is just here to cool off and have fun. I am so happy that you pointed out some of the formal elements of the painting because what makes the show so enjoyable is just the virtuosity of the artist. I don't know anybody who's made a chain link fence look so dynamic and beautiful. And I'm talking here about the way the fence goes from being rendered in detail up close and then it merges together and becomes this almost shimmering wall as it recedes in space or just the splashing water on the floor of the cement or the attention to using thick 
juicy paint to describe the textures of some of the wet clothing that the kids are wearing. Like there's a figure wearing, looks like cut off dungarees. And you really get a sense of the textures of those particular pants. And we, you know, a lot of us probably know what it's like to wear wet dungarees. And you can feel it looking at the painting. And it's part of what makes these works of art, I believe, so compelling. Hi, this is Stephanie Marudis of Cuvenda Media, where we produce narratives for social change. And I normally co-host the podcast with Bill, but this time I was recording all the interviews you've been hearing so far. And while we were in the gallery, Bill met a woman who actually studied with Edith Neff. So I took time to talk with her and we're going to hear from her now. I'm Sandy Lewis, and I'm in the gallery today, and I'm looking at Edith Neff's extensive paintings and this picture here of two women who are mothers, who are obviously neighbors and a dog, and three children, and looks very quiet, but you can feel Philadelphia. You know the neighborhood. I was born in Philadelphia. I live in Winmore, which is right near where the Woodmere is, but my memories of Philadelphia are very strong. She brings it out. She made a special effort to make Philadelphia her story. It comes across very clearly. And, um, yeah, and just all these very different spaces that we can all relate to, different types of people interacting in the spaces. Yeah, well, she was very democratic (laughs) in the sense of inclusiveness. Today they would call it diversity. But she included everybody, you know. There's everything here. And I was a student of Edith Neff at PAFA, and uh, she was a very exciting teacher. She was interested in teaching her students, and she liked being a teacher, and she loved pastel when I was there. It was like, you know, uh, it might have been, I don't know, a certain period in her life, and I only had one semester course with her, and I learned a lot about color. She's a wonderful colorist and patternist in many ways too, although she's very realistic in her her work. You can see patterns that she uses and uh, multiple colors underneath the different layers and so forth. Did you take the class just because you wanted to learn some techniques or did you know that Edith Neff was uh, teaching it or just can you take us back like why you decided to do the class? Yeah, I, I wanted to learn some techniques in terms of pastel and uh, she was listed as the teacher, and I had heard about her, and I thought, well, this is an opportunity, and I I took it. <laughs> Can you describe what she was like? What, you know, just sort of her, you said she was a great teacher, but um, I, I've listened some to some audio recordings of her, and she seems like she was a lovely person, but if you could just sort of. She was very warm, and she was very caring, and she was very nice to the models. I mean, artists need to do that. The models up there, they don't have any clothes on. It could be cold or, we, you know, whatever, and you want to make them co- feel comfortable. So I noticed that she was extremely um, aware of their discomfort or would notice if they, you know, if the pose was too hard or whatever. Uh, and she was had a dynamic personality. She was a very warm, caring person. She cared about each student. And uh, she was an unusual, you know, and she talked about techniques. She would have like a little section of the class where she would talk about how to 
crosshatch and different things with colors and, and, and using pastels as well as a, like a smearing technique and so forth. So she was a very gifted teacher. Is there anything else that you want people listening to know about Edith Neff and why, you know, what just her why? Her colors are just vibrant like her personality. Her colors are just splendid, you know. I mean, it's just like the, the, the mummers up there and just in general, uh, she is a wonderful colorist and a, a very nice person. So we've now walked across the gallery and we are standing in front of a painting from 1972 called The Factory is Burning and Clouds of Smoke Obscure the Sky, a painting that belongs to the Please Touch Museum here in Philadelphia. We've called the exhibition Our Town in part because Edith Neff takes Philadelphia as her subject in an encompassing way, but also because her paintings are represented in the collections of so many of our cultural institutions. Neff took photos of an actual fire, an event that took place in her neighborhood. She composed the painting on the basis of photographs that she took on site as she stood at the corner of 21st Street and Lombard watching a fire destroy a factory building on nearby Naudain Street. What's so interesting to me about the painting, and again about Neff's work overall, is that she somehow puts her finger on a moment of change the change that's happening in the city of Philadelphia architecturally. The factory is burning. It's a symbol of the industrial past that's going away. But also, it somehow captures a range of emotions in the figures she represents of you know, the reaction to this change. And it helps us puzzle out, again, what is this change? Ebony and Nima, if I asked you to choose a starting point in the painting, a character, a thing, a, the, the place, the objects, where would you begin? What is it that attracts your eye in this painting? And how do you navigate your thoughts? So the first thing that I connect with is the young lady that's towards the center, standing directly beside the Great Dane. And she almost has this expression of, okay, let's go. Let's see what's going to happen at this site next. It doesn't look like she's upset or it doesn't seem as though she feels any kind of connection to what is actually going on behind her. The people that are looking onto the fire, I'm thinking perhaps they worked at this factory. That may have been their connection. I see someone holding behind their head who looks like what's going to happen next. And then you see these two figures on the right side. So what's interesting to me is always to see when people are dressed in different types of clothing. So you have some people who are in their shorts, you have someone with no shirt on, and then you have this gentleman who is in a full-on jogging suit. So it makes you wonder why, when you look at the actual photographs, she put him into the picture and dressed him the way that she did. When I look at him, I wonder, with him being fully clothed, was that a metaphor to say, okay, I've, I've got to start moving. You know, when people have more things with them, it's kind of like, all right, something's coming and I've got to get going. And then as far as the young man goes, who's <laughs> mid-yawn for the picture, that could just be an expression of, we're used to things happening to us. All right, let, let's see, let's, let's, let's move forward. It's not a big deal to me. 
but his expression is still different from the young lady that's at the center of the picture. I kind of feel like despite her lack of emotion, she still has this, it's going to be okay because I'm still going to benefit from what comes next. I agree completely that that central figure, the largest figure in the painting, a young white woman, blue dress, yellow sleeves, um, she tilts her head a little bit and looks out at the viewer and she is definitely engaging the viewer in a knowing glance as if to say, we're connected. I agree that you're right and that's happening. And yet I find her to be a mysterious figure too. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't feel that I know what's on her mind. Nima, I see the gears turning. It's such an interesting juxtaposition of emotions in here. There are adults in the picture who are concerned and worried, as you know, Ebony pointed out, it's possibly because when they look at this burning factory, they're thinking about, oh my goodness, I'm going to lose my job, what am I going to do? And then there's a sense of detachment from this young man who sort of feels like, well, you know, I'll be okay, my dad will find another job. You know, it's, it doesn't affect him directly, and he is sort of okay with that. I love the tactile nature of all the fabrics in this painting, and I love the color scheme. And I'm also amazed, having young children myself and having just done school back-to-school shopping, how uh, current the shoe styles are because <laughs> I bought the same um, sneakers for my daughter and my son. It's a very well-composed picture with how the characters are placed. It's very well-balanced and it seems like it's capturing a moment in day when people are out and about walking their dog, maybe kids are playing in a neighborhood who see the fire and then see all the firefighters trying to put it out. And each one is drawn to the scene in their own way for their own story or that they're looking for. It's a really um, beautiful expression of that moment. I love this discussion because one of the qualities of Neff's work for me is that it asks more questions then it answers. And with regard to that, I would just love to turn that back to you and ask, you know, Ebony or ask you, Nima, are there questions that this painting raises that you think we have to unpack further? I definitely agree with you, Bill. I find her work to be so thought-provoking. It's not something you can just kind of run by and take in. You really have to assess all aspects of what she's trying to convey. And, you know, something that you said about this last painting that we were viewing together where you were talking about how it seems as though we were on the cusp of the change that was coming. And you mentioned how we want for things to get better and we want for things to improve. But what we also have to recognize is there is a huge difference between beautification and gentrification. And unfortunately, it seems as though things haven't changed much since this was created in 1972. So I am definitely looking forward to furthering this conversation on the 17th of October because I think 
the only way that things really will change is if we talk about it and have an open and honest conversation. When I look at Edith Neff's paintings, I think it's interesting. To me, they sort of seem timeless because even though these are moments captured in the 70s, I feel like we can draw so many parallels which are true to our times now and what we are experiencing in our society. And I think all those taken into consideration will make for a really interesting discussion on October 17th. So many points to be explored, so many questions to be asked. As you said, Edith Neff leaves it up to the viewer to sort of come to their own conclusion. And I feel like as we saw or as we heard through our discussion, all three of us had a very unique points of view. And it would be really nice to see what other points of view we can glean when we have our discussion on the 17th. Well... I am also very much looking forward to our community night together on Thursday, October 17th at 6.30 at Woodmere Art Museum. For all of you listening, we hope you can join us for what will be a truly engaging evening and open conversation. For more details about the evening and other related events around the Edith Neff retrospective, log on to woodmereartmuseum.org. Let me say that this is a wonderful collaboration between Woodmere and the Mount Airy Learning Tree. We hope to have a great crowd. It will cost $15 at the door, but if you're a Woodmere member, it will be $10, and I hope to see you. Thank you for joining us today, and I hope to see you at Woodmere. Thank you.